You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, the UFC's fourth consecutive event at the Apex in Las Vegas goes down tomorrow night. UFC on ESPN 11 with an important matchup in the heavyweight division at the top of the card. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to the UFC on ESPN 11 preview show on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Hack, and joining me this week, you know this man, the number six ranked 205 pounder in the world. And what a guy he is on a family road trip with his family. He's camping. And I asked him, he said, you know what? Let's talk some fights right out here in the wilderness. Anthony Smith is here. Really appreciate this, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, just got our camper all set up. And, uh, yeah, we're just kind of getting hooked up here. And I took a break from it to, uh, to talk to you guys. Looks like I broke a hydraulic line, though, so that's fucking cool. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's part of the deal, right? Yeah, well, I appreciate you doing this. It means a lot. And it's uh, nice to see you get away, enjoy some time with the family. Uh, I'll try not to keep you too long, but let's get right into this thing. The main event for tomorrow night, we got Curtis Blades taking on Alexander Volkov. And you got a guy like Curtis Blades who has beat every guy he's fought, with the exception of Francis Ngannou. He's been pretty dominant in doing so, taking on a very dangerous Alexander Volkov, who's won seven out of his last eight. And the one blemish was that fight against Derek Lewis, where he won pretty much the entire fight until he got finished. Anthony, the narrative that seems to surround this fight is one that we hear quite often. It's the striker versus the wrestler. So people think if Volkov keeps it standing, it's his fight. Blades gets to the ground. It's his fight. Do you look at it the same way? No, not necessarily. You know, I think that uh, Curtis Blades absolutely has a has a chance of winning this fight on his feet as well. I think we've seen that in the in the JDS fight that he has the power to put these guys out and he, he has no problem staying you know, discipline and, and defensively sound and landing his own big shots. I think his striking is becoming better, not only just training with Alistair Overeem, but because of that takedown, that, that threat of the takedown, uh, I think that that changes the entire game for him. For him. It's not just wrestling you have to worry about now. Uh, you have to worry about that. And his striking has come, is, is come light years. Uh, I don't see Alexander Volkov having a chance of winning this fight on the ground. I just don't. Uh, I, I absolutely think Curtis Blades has the advantage uh, there for sure, and 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 I and he's dangerous on his feet. So, you know, I, I think if you're a betting guy, you probably go with Curtis Blades. This fight kind of reminds me of a fight that happened in your division earlier this year between Corey Anderson and Jan Bohovitz, where most people were like, we're favoring Corey Anderson to go out there and win, and then go on to fight John Jones for the title. And Jan Bohovic did what he did. And it's kind of like this, like everyone seems to be favoring Curtis Blades. And 
Volkov's just coming in, flying completely under the radar, at least from everything that I've seen. Have you sort of noticed that as well? Yeah, I have. You know, I think I think a lot of people are, are I wouldn't say they're writing him off, but I think the Curtis Blades has been on such a streak and he's been so dominant over everyone that's not named Francis Ngannou uh, that I, I, I think he deserves that hype. Uh, I, I do think that he gets through Alexander Volkov and, and, and that's not saying Volkov doesn't have a chance. Uh, if he can be mobile and stay long and, and, and pick him apart from the outside. Alexander Volkov is one of the best heavyweights that we've ever seen. So I, I know that it does sound like people are writing him off, like he has no chance, but he's as good as they come. I, I think Curtis Blades is just the full package. Uh, and I think Alexander Volkov does have that glaring hole in his game versus dominant, you know, dominant wrestlers, dominant grapplers. Uh, and we have seen him finished uh, before. Of course, you can make the argument that right now, Curtis Blades has done more than enough to earn a title shot, but if, it's just kind of a logjam right now. We got Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier coming up in August. It's Cormier's last fight. There's even rumblings out there that it could be Stipe's last fight as well. Nobody really knows for sure, but Curtis is in, is in an interesting position because if he wins tomorrow night, the one guy ahead of him in the title discussion is Ngannou, who's already finished him twice. So... Where does he go from here if the odds makers get this one right? Like, do you try and book a third fight with Ngannou or just try to keep him active against tough competition and against guys with some relevancy that he hasn't already beat? You know, I, I typically wouldn't say this, but uh, I think he waits. I think he waits. I, th I think you wait for Stipe and DC to do their thing. Uh, and then you see what the landscape looks like. Both guys may retire. Uh, I think that if both guys retire, you end up with a vacant, a vacant heavyweight title. You have a Francis Ngannou, Curtis Blades three, uh, because I don't, I, I don't think you can make any other fight. Uh, if one, you know, whoever wins decides to stay and defend that title, I think Francis Ngannou is obviously the next in line, uh, and I think Curtis just waits. You know, in, in the way that these fights are going, maybe in the past you might end up waiting a year or or fifteen or sixteen months for that title shot if you're going to wait for the fight that's already set and then the next challenger. That may be a long, a lot longer than you want to wait. Uh, in the current times that we're in right now with the pandemic and as fast as the UFC's rolling fights if he if he waits he may only have to wait eight or nine months uh and and I think the eight or nine months is is enough time for Curtis Blaze to continue to get better uh and challenge for the title so in one of those rare instances I I, I would probably in my opinion I would wait if I was if I was Curtis Blaze it's a good fight at the top of the card, but I'm really looking forward to this co-main event tomorrow night at 145 pounds. Josh Emmett taking on Shane Burgos. Featherweight is a loaded division right now, and two of the surging contenders, two top 10 guys, they're going to lock horns tomorrow night. I cannot wait for this one. What say you? You know, a lot of people are making a big deal out of this smaller cage and who does it favor and 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 all, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't really know who it favors and who it doesn't favor. Uh, what I do know is that in smaller cages, you get more action. Uh, there, there's just less room to fight in. And, and in a fight with Josh Emmett and, and Shane Burgos, more action is exactly what I want to see. These guys are going to be action packed already. They're going to be, you know, they're going to put their foot on the gas from the very beginning. Uh, and that's one of those fights I just can't call. I, I, I really don't know. Shane Burgos is, is it's just really streaking right now. He just looks really good. He's always looked really good. But in uh, the power in Josh Emmett's hands is just a game changer, man. He, he can change a fight. Uh, he, you know, essentially he can change a fighter's entire career in, in one shot. The, the entire trajectory of your career can change in one second, uh, with a guy like Josh Emmett. And, and I, I love his style. Uh, I, that's just one of those fights. I think the fans win. I, I honestly have no idea who's going to win that fight. Uh, but, but I'm excited to watch it. 
Yeah, I, I would say right now the odds are pretty spot on with Burgos being the slight favorite here because I think I think Shane's probably the more complete fighter. Great on the feet, he's great on the mat, pushes forward, just gets in your face. And like you said, the small cage could play some dividends to his style. But like you said, man, Josh Emmett just needs that one shot to put the lights out, and that's what makes the site fights just super fascinating, right? Well, and that's and that's the thing, you know, we can break it down all we want, but it's very clear that Shane Burgos is the more technical and, and polished fighter, but Josh Emmett doesn't always have to be, you know, like you hear those sayings all the time with boxers. This guy's got to be perfect for 25 minutes or 15 minutes or however long the fight is. Josh Emmett only has to be perfect for one second. And, and he's, he's got that kind of game changing power and he carries that from the first round to the third. So you're never safe. It doesn't matter. uh, how far ahead Shane Burgos may be, you're never safe with a guy like Josh Emmett. And, and that adds that, that added excitement to the fight because he's never really out of it. He just needs to, he just needs to put, put, put one on the chin uh, and he can change the entire fight. Rest of this main card is really solid as well. We got Raquel Pennington versus Marion Renault, Lyman Good versus Bilal Muhammad, Jim Miller, who's about to make the walk to the octagon for the 35th time against a really exciting prospect in Roosevelt Roberts. But I do want to talk about one of the early fights on the card because we like to we like to mention the under the radar fights that, that aren't getting a, enough love right now. And this one is huge because of the implications on the division. 125 pounds, you got Roxanne Mataferi taking on Lauren Murphy. And obviously, Valentina Shevchenko is the champion. She's expected to fight JoJo Calderwood later in the year. We have Caitlin Jukagan, ranked number one in the division right now. But she just lost to Valentina Shevchenko a couple months ago. And we have a new contender emerging in Cynthia Calvillo after she beat Jessica I this past week. And so... Mataferi versus Murphy. This is by far my under the radar fight on the card, and it's a very important one for this division. Do you agree with that, or is there another fight on the card that sticks out to you? All right. Well, I, I, those are two different questions. That, okay. That's absolutely that's absolutely the under the radar fight. That's not the one that sticks out to me, though. Um, that 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 one is flying. Out. I, you know, that's that's kind of indicative to to Roxanne Mataferi's career. Like, she always is kind of flown under the radar, and and she's always. She's she's over you know she's over exceeded her 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 expectations you know like I'm such a big fan of Roxy I, I always root for her no matter who she's fighting what well, doesn't matter who she's fighting I always root for her um, but I I just cannot believe that Bobby Green and Clay Guida are not getting more love like that <laughs> that is like that needs to be co-main event I don't give a shit who who's won how many fights who how many they're losing how many they've lost in a row I don't care. Uh, I want to see that fight. That's anytime Clay Guido makes that walk, uh, it's a must see. And if you can stick someone like Bobby Green across from him, with you know, take out the fact that he's just an interesting character. He's funny. He's he's wild. Uh, he he's another guy that puts his foot on the gas and goes. And you stick those two kind of people with those two styles and and opposite personalities, uh, it's just fireworks, man. So th- that's probably the fight that I'm most excited to see. If I'm being very honest. I think as far as like stock value in a fight, I don't think any fight has risen more over the last 48 hours than Clay Guida versus versus Bobby Green, especially the face off today. You were probably driving, so you may not even have seen it yet. But those I two, did, I missed it. Uh, Guida's bouncing around and talking and Bobby Green's yelling back at him, oh, wouldn't shake man. his hand, refused to do it. You got to go back and watch that when you oh, have a moment man. on Dana Bobby White's Green with his with his head tattooed <laughs> and he's just. He's a maniac. I don't know if you spent much time with Bobby Green, but we came up in Strike Force together, so I spent a little bit of time with him. Uh, he's a maniac in, in in every way possible, and and it and it, I love that dude, man. He's just he's as real as they come. Like what you see is what you get. That's Bobby Green. There's no there's no show. There's no there's no playing games. 
That's who Bobby Green is when he's on the scale, when he's in the octagon, and when he's probably sitting on his couch. That's that's Bobby goddamn Green. Uh, and Clay Guida is very much the same. You know, I'm sure that you've seen Clay Guida doing guest appearances for UFC events, bouncing around in the casino shadow boxing. Like that's just that guy. So uh, I, I don't think the matchmakers could have matched a, a more exciting fight overall than that one. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones, and people are probably going to comment and be like, what about Brianna Van Buren? I'm excited to see her fight Tisha Torres. Yeah. That's a big one, too. I mean, there's there's a lot of really good fights on this card, and it's all going on tomorrow night in Las Vegas. Really fun. One thing I love, Anthony, earlier start time, 5 p.m. Eastern for the prelims, 8 p.m. Eastern for the main card. I love when that happens, and uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate you giving me so much time, man. Enjoy your vacation with the family. Well-deserved. All the best to you with that, and you know, whatever happens over the next several months, hopefully we can see you back in the octagon pretty soon. But I really appreciate you coming on, man. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you having me. Uh, I'll definitely have my phone posted up in the in the phone holder on the razor when we're riding through the trails tomorrow. And uh, I got a feeling you guys are going to be seeing me soon. So you guys take care. There you go. Of course, we'll have all your coverage on fight night before, during and after. So. Make sure you stick with us here at MMAfighting.com. For Anthony Lionheart-Smith, I am Mike Hack. Thank you for watching, and we will see you tomorrow night. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.